Next station is Finch. Finch Station. This is the terminal station. Prochaine station, Lionel This is a Victoria Line train to Brixton. Hello and welcome to the next stop. I'm Helen Lee. And I'm Vincent Puhaka. So for our latest station short, we explored St. George Station, a workhorse of the TTC system, located on Bloor Street West between St. George Street and Bedford Road. St. George Station opened in 1963 as part of the original Bloor Danforth, now Line 2 subway. At the time, there was actually no university segment of Line 1. So the second portion of the station opened in 1966 when Line 1 was extended from Union Station up to Bloor Street via University Avenue, with St. George being the northern terminal station. Fun fact, subway service from St. George to Union Station actually stopped running at 9.45 p.m., much earlier than the section that ran under Young Street. And this arrangement was in place from 1969 until 1978, when Line 1 was extended further north to Wilson Station. Another fun fact, for a brief period from February to September 1966, the TDC experimented with switching trains between both subway lines. Some trains would run from Keele Station to Eglinton Station by turning at St. George onto Line 1, and vice versa, by using the lower levels of St. George and Bay Stations. However, this arrangement proved pretty confusing for riders, and the TTC scrapped the plan and reverted to two separate lines. The station is named after the adjacent St. George Street, likely named after French settler Laurent Saint-Georges. He seems to have been a fairly interesting guy. After being a monarchist during the French Revolution, hint, he was on the losing side, he ended up fleeing to England and ultimately landed in Canada. The British government planned a community in Lanark County, near Ottawa, for French monarchists. This community failed, as eastern Ontario was apparently too cold for the French. Saint-Georges stayed and eventually moved to Toronto, where he built the first brick building in the city. I had always assumed that the street and station were named after St. George, the patron saint of England. Perhaps in a roundabout way it is, in that Laurent Saint-Georges was born Laurent Quette, spelled Q-U-E-T-T, and possibly changed his name to appeal to his English patrons. St. George Station is actually the second busiest TDC subway station, with a pre-pandemic ridership of 256,000 rides per year. In contrast to the terminal stations of Kennedy or Kipling, a significant portion of this ridership comes from walk-up traffic. The station is close to the University of Toronto's downtown campus, which is also named St. George. It's also the closest station to the Bada Shoe Museum and the Royal Ontario Museum. Now, you might think that Museum Station would be the better station for accessing said museums, but because the entrances are on Bloor Street, St. George is actually the best way of getting there. To access the station on foot, there are three entrances. On St. George Street, on Bedford Road, and an entrance inside the Ontario Institute for Studies and Education, otherwise known as OISE. Another fun fact, the Bedford Road entrance is considered the main entrance in that it has staffed collector boots. The St. George entrance used to have staffed collector boots, but not anymore. This is interesting as the St. George Street entrance looks more substantial, with a curved canopy and big glass windows looking out to the street. However, the Bedford entrance is the busier one, and thus its collector boots were retained. Only one surface route connects to the station, the fairly infrequent 26 DuPont. 
Overnight, the 300 Bloor Danforth Blue Night bus route stops in front of the station on Bloor Street. The station became accessible in 1999, which makes it one of the earliest stations to become fully accessible. While all TDC stations completed since 1996 are accessible, retrofits to the older stations only began in the 1990s. As of 2021, 57 out of 79 stations are accessible. Another interesting 90s fact about St. George Station, it was the site of an early wayfinding signage experiment in 1993, along with Bay and Spadina stations. Inside the station, colored strips denoted each line served by the station, green for Bloor Danforth and yellow for the Young University Spadina line. The station also received a unique icon, an image of a dragon on a TTC-themed shield. Even though the station isn't named after the legend of dragon slaying St. George. We went in search of dragons on our field trip to the station. So we're at St. George Station. We're at the St. George Street entrance. What do we see, Vincent? Well, it's a, a pretty large entrance, actually. Uh, there's a, it's a, essentially it's an ovoid I guess we decide on that on that word an ovoid shape facing out. Yeah, we don't know if it's a full circle or an oval. It's probably an oval. uh, Facing out to the street, and it does look like the main entrance of the station, uh, with large, almost like bay windows, uh, on two sides at least of this oval, and it's quite a large sort of concourse area as well, where where we're standing and sort of hanging out here at the station. Uh, The fun fact, though, that we would have told you before, this is not the main entrance of the station. There are two collector booths on either side of us. Neither are staffed. Uh, entrance is by Presto card only. Yes, these collector booths are decommissioned. And they've been decommissioned for quite some time. Uh, they were decommissioned before even Presto was a thing. Uh, this is an automatic subway entrance. So it's kind of interesting because on other stations, the automatic entrances were always the secondary entrance. Yeah, definitely strikes me as a weird choice given all the foot traffic that St. George Station gets from the students who go to the University of Toronto, literally just down the street. It definitely strikes me as an interesting choice to have this seemingly bigger entrance be just an automatic entrance. Yes, exactly. And like we're here on a Sunday and you might be able to hear on the audio a fair amount of presto traffic coming in and out. So it's been fairly busy, uh, even today. Presumably there's no classes. So it's a very odd choice, to say the least. In terms of what else we can see, uh, we're just looking out onto St. George Street here. There's a, I'm gonna call it the deluxe bike rack because you can fit two levels of bikes. It's a deluxe bike rack. Upside down, it looks like. There's also a station with some basic tools for folks to adjust their bikes if needed. Which is pretty cool. Which, you know, is always a good feature to see at a subway station. We see... Well, we see St. George Street itself. So yes. we, from where our vantage point is, I mean, we can't see directly into campus, but St. George Street north of Bloor, where the entrance is, is a typical annex street. So you've got several large homes that all look like they've been converted into businesses of some kind. Possibly a Chinese at the Chinese consulate, we're not quite sure. I want to say Hong Kong, Maybe just because of the flower insignia. A Hong Kong representative office of some sort. And further up the street we can't see, but they're all apartments. So it's a very typical annex 
street scene. I guess we're in the annex right now. Annex being the neighborhood where St. George Street is located, but also UT. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, I would say it's a fairly interesting view from this station. And St. George Street also seems to have a bike lane. So that's yes. nice. Yes, it does. That's nice. It's a fairly well-connected station. I don't think it's a full bike lane, though. No, it's like a half-assed bike lane, but it's not a Shero, so it's one level up from, like, total shit. <laughs> no, it just needs um, some sort of barrier to be a full of course. bike lane, I think. And also in this entryway is one of the two gateway newsstands that are in this station. Uh, it is closed today. Yes, because it's a Sunday. Not sure. I, are they all closed on Sunday? I don't actually know that I think fact. it depends on the station. I know Kennedy's always open, like the bigger ones, but... Yeah, but Kennedy's a terminal station. Yeah. This one might be closed, but uh, there but are two of them. Mind, keep in mind that this is an automatic entrance, so what... I don't know. It's kind of fitting that the Gateway newsstand is also not a... <laughs> yes. Yes. What else do we see? The... In terms of the tile, we've got the... I want to say Hospital Green shade of tile well, these here. These ones are green. So this is the older tile that you see on the line two. Ceramic, ceramic tiling. Uh, well, I, my favorite name, of course, is the bathroom, public bathroom tile. Bathroom tile. Yeah. But it's ceramic tiling. Uh, there's also, we saw, uh, there's a TTC staff washroom that's here. All stations have them, but uh, this one is up on this level of the, of the platform, so it's kind of interesting. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he came out of there and there's stalls, like looks like bathroom stalls. Oh, okay. Yeah, that black door there. Maybe uh, anyone listening to this who is a TTC employee <laughs> can tell us, is this in fact the washroom at St. George Station? Uh, but there's a, an employee facility of some sort. Uh, we also noticed these decommissioned collector booths seem to be used as an impromptu break room. Storage First, as well. <laughs> so I see boxes. We lost boxes, yeah. yes. So it's an impromptu break room and storage for TTC staff. That is something we don't see as riders really, is the facilities that staff use uh, at each um, station. If you go to Coxwell kind of Station, there's their break room. There is an, a very obvious break room that's also where the subway operators switch. Yes. Ships and what have you. Going eastbound, often the train will stop and they'll yes. switch crews. But yes, you can see the break rooms in there, people sitting around eating sandwiches and Just talking. Chilling. But presumably every station has some kind of facility for staff. So. That's pretty interesting, and Helen, I wonder if at some point we can ever get a tour of that, although for security reasons, maybe they won't let us do that? We'll find out. It's always worth asking. Yeah. We support, we support TTC workers. They should like us. Of course. I will say, the St. George entrance is very basic. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks superficially It could use important. some art, yeah. something. Yeah, but right? that's kind of standard for the... Or a Danforth line in general. That's true. I mean, even the stations we like, like Kipling, aren't, they're very low on art. The, the design might have been nice, but physical installations are not very, not very nice. We are on the Line 1 platform of St. George Station. It's very interesting. It's a, well, moderately interesting. It's a center platform. So, obviously, uh, tracks are on either side of the platform where you walk down the middle. What do we see here, Helen? We see a continuation of the hospital green ceramic tile on the walls, but also on the pillars. Them, them too. And uh, this material on the platform is, what did you call it? It's terrazzo. Terrazzo, which 
we're unsure whether it's the pattern or is it both the pattern and the material that it's made out of. Both. But I'm pretty sure it's both. They're, it's pretty standard for. It's terrazzo pattern, station. what feels like maybe vinyl yeah. tile. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty standard for a subway station. Yep. Uh, obviously, this is a transfer station, so you have a fair amount of uh, passenger movement on most days. And uh, there are indications on the platform of where the doors will line up. Yes. When the trains pull into the station, it also indicates that you need to stand to either the left or the right of the door while passengers disembark. So it's very sort of like a visual, you know, uh, signage telling you what to do uh, when the train pulls in. We also see the COVID markers that obviously were added to subway stations last year, uh, indicating where people are supposed to stand and stand apart from one another. I think they're not very used and never really were, but they're there. TTC can legally say that they've done something, uh, which is half the battle sometimes, I guess. I mean, they also don't really have a reason to remove them. At this point. Might as well keep them, yeah. Right. Like at this point, where you notice the city's being is more back to normal. Uh, the trains are busy, people are walking around, so. So I do notice, I'm gonna call them the alignment markers in terms of where you stand and where the doors of the train will line up. It's only on oh, the southbound. southbound side. It is not. They are not on the northbound side, which is weird. Very weird. But that's interesting. And well, a train's coming in now, but I would say another interesting thing is the line one and line two platforms are on the same alignment. So, so what does that mean exactly? That means that the, well, the platform we are right now, line two is directly below it and the tracks are like below one another. So. You'd think a north and southbound train would not be the same alignment as an east and westbound train, but they are. Line one trains actually do travel east-west very briefly to go to this station, and I guess Spadina as well. So it's like they're stacked on top of you? Yes, other. yes, they're stacked. Cool. So I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, the station itself, obviously this, this concourse level is kind of boring, but I think the, the, the alignment of the tracks is very interesting. And Helen, you mentioned the the, the signage telling you where to stand is also on the southbound only. That's kind of neat. We are now on the line two platform of St. George Station, and it's pretty much more of the same as the line one platform. Same possible green tile, the layout, same thing as we mentioned before. The two platforms are stacked on top of each other. Yeah, I think that's the most interesting thing about these platforms. So where we're standing, uh, which is the eastbound platform, directly above it is the Line 1 platform. So kind of neat, I suppose. But like we said above, it's a pretty boring station. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say boring. I mean, yes. But I would call it a very utilitarian station. It's definitely very busy. A lot of transfer traffic between the two lines here. Obviously, I don't think it's busy as Bloor uh, Young. But it's, it's busy, there's tons of people, it's a Sunday, lots of people riding the subway, so obviously it has use in that sense. But yeah, the design leaves much to be desired, I would say. I find that this is the case for most of the older, if not all of the older Line 2 stations. Yes. Line because, 2 is Because of their age, yep. and so when they were built, they were very much built for their use as opposed to aesthetics. Yes. So interestingly, enough, I think the, the Toronto design, so Toronto's one of the few cities to actually expand its subway in the 60s. In North America, a lot weren't doing it. 
So the only other one that was doing it was Washington, and they explicitly looked at our subway and said we didn't want it. Said it was too utilitarian looking. Uh, uh, uh. So that's kind of interesting, I suppose. <laughs> we are at the Bedford Road entrance slash concourse of St. George Station. Yeah, so as we said before, this is technically the quote-unquote main entrance of the station. So the actual entryway outwards to Bedford Road, Bed Bedford Road? Bedford Road. Bedford Road. Bedford. Is small. It's not as grand as the St. George Street uh, entrance. However, the concourse is much larger. So one enters from Bedford Road, passes through the Fairgate, and there's a whole concourse here where the Gateway Newsstand is, where you can access the bus bay, and where you can come go down to the subway lines. So it's, it's much larger. So I still think it doesn't look like a main entrance because the ceiling is quite low and it seems, you know, less main for lack of a better word, but uh, it is staffed. Uh, there is a collector at the booth here. So I think that's fairly interesting. There's also a connection directly into OISE, the Ontario Institute for Studies and Education, which is the University of Toronto's uh, Teachers College. Uh, right now it's closed. It looks like they're doing some work either on the entryway or in OISE itself, we're not sure. Uh, she can't access OISE right now, but it, it is pretty interesting that there's a direct connection to this particular building and not like anywhere else in U of T. So I do wonder why. Yeah, super curious about how that came about and really it's like, why OISE and not anywhere else in U of T that gets a direct connection to the subway? There are other U of T buildings on this side of Bloor, so you'd think there'd be a connection, but there's not. So we'll have to do some research into, into that. We do also notice uh, something that's popped up at a number of subway stations is a mask dispenser, uh, almost like a vending machine for PPE. It's definitely a vending machine. Yeah, yes. uh, which I find pretty interesting that that's around. Uh, it's good that it's here. We still do have pay phones, don't we, in stations? They're right behind us. We technically do. Yeah. Yep. I, guess, I think they have to because if the service is bad in here, if you needed to call emergency, yeah. you wouldn't be able to. So they're here, uh, which is kind of interesting. Maybe the only, like the last place in Toronto you can get a payphone. I think so. All the other street payphones, pretty sure they've been de decommissioned. Yeah. Just you know, taken out. There's the odd, you can see the odd post somewhere on the road where they used to be, but they're, they're pretty much gone, which is, uh, both of us remember a time when they were everywhere. So I'm yeah. not sure that dates us, but well, I mean, that takes us as elder millennials, I think. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, so yeah, I mean, like I said, this concourse, you know, it is actually pretty big, but doesn't feel like a main entrance to me. But we're not in charge of the station, so go figure. Uh, we can also see, and we're going to head up there shortly, we can also see there are, in fact, two bus bays here. Uh, one is blocked off and not in use, and the other one is used for the 26 DuPont, which is the only service route that connects here. I'll, I guess the Blue Danforth Blue Knight does, but the station wouldn't be open then, so it doesn't quite count. Well, let's check out this small bus bay then. Let's check it out. Let's go. We are now on the very small, very nondescript bus bay at St. George Station, which only services one bus line, which, like Vincent said earlier, is 26 DuPont. Not very frequent. Not very frequent. It is very quiet here, but it's also a Sunday, so there's that. Partially that. It also does look like, though, this bus loop is also for wheel trans to drop people off. You can see 
the signage there. What do we see here? So we see there's some sort of TTC structure across from us that looks in disrepair and not really used. But it looks it's, like a bunker. It looks like a bunker. It's a brick bunker. Uh, there's lights on inside. Maybe it's, well, who, I don't even know what it was ever. But it's here. It's a TTC structure. And it's very. It appears to be a chunk of brick mixing. Yes. yes. So it's like semi used slash not used at all. Uh, this platform is accessible with an elevator uh, to come up here. So that's that's good. And it's a little courtyard. So there's a condo, well, maybe a condo, maybe a rental building. The whole side of this building, all their balconies have a view of this uh, little bus terminal. Excellent view. Yeah. So I hope the rent is cheaper (laughs) for this. Um, You can also see part of Oise, which is a very interesting has a very interesting brutalist design. <gasps> Look, there's a bus pulling and in. The now. bus is pulling in, and surprisingly, or not surprisingly, there's nobody on it. I used to use a 26 DuPont. Or? Sometimes when I lived on Shaw. Oh. Okay. Sometimes it was useful if I was up there. So. Today I learned that 26 DuPont goes to Jane Station. Yeah, it's a very long bus route. And there's uh, one lady who's going to board. <laughs> so that's, that's exciting. Two people. Wow, very exciting. It does get busier as we go along, as you go along the route, I must say. Yeah, of course. So, so yeah, that's, that's the TTC bus terminal at St. George Station. And there also is a door to something labeled Signals Office, which is also pretty interesting. Could this bunker be like a signals-related Possibly. Structure? So maybe it's like those hydro houses you see. Yes. Or it's done to look like the neighborhood, but it's actually a piece of infrastructure. So maybe yeah. that has something to do with it. So Hydro houses. Yeah, I, this is totally off topic, but the hydro houses, they often put up Christmas lights on them, which I find <laughs> fun. Really? Yes. At least the one in my neighborhood when I grew up, they put Christmas lights on it. Aww. So, not very nice Christmas lights, but they did. Yeah, just to blend into the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, it's smart. Uh, I can tell you, St. George bus loop probably does not have Christmas lights. So. Oh, they should go. That'd be nice. The station needs some sprucing up. <laughs> it's problem with a lot of these stations, especially Line 2 stations, they look like money is not being spent on cosmetic repair. So the roof of the terminal is peeling. The light, the tubes, where the lights are, it looks like there's dead bugs in them. They've never cleaned them out. It's not very nice. I think it'd be a bit of a endeavor to clean out these Probably. Maybe, maybe you can leave the dead bugs, but like, even the roof tubes. is peeling. Like, it's just not, it's not nice. Well, I guess the expectation is that People will not be looking up and actually notice. Right. Now that I've seen the it, signs I signs of like, you know. Decay? Well, age. Yeah. Decay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, we, we, we can riff ad nauseum about this, but I think it's a fairly, it's a cute little quiet bus, bus bay. Uh, there is a second one, as you mentioned when we were downstairs. Uh, supposedly, from my research, I've determined that there used to be other buses that came here, and now it's just used as a, sometimes as bus storage if one's out of service or they might use it if the current one is being repaired. So a little bit of slack in the network, which is kind of nice. But yeah, St. George Bus Terminal. What else is there to say? Not much. Not much. (laughs) So what did you think of St. George Station? I thought it was a very utilitarian workhorse kind of station. Really wanted to see some art on those hospital green walls, but maybe the TDC has some future plans that we don't know about. Overall, I think St. George just needs some zhuzhing. Absolutely. You know, at first glance, it's probably not the most exciting of stations. It's busy. People are transferring there, but 
That's pretty much all you think of it is, uh, like you said, the, the workhorse kind of station. I think writing this episode, we actually learned a lot more exciting things about the station than we did from seeing it in person. Not sure what conclusion I take from that, but there you go. Thanks to Jared Mazenta, our researcher, and Chelsea Body, our audio editor. You can find us at our website at thenextstop.ca and on social media through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Stop Pod. Like and subscribe through your favorite podcast site. If it's through Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating. And if you really like us, we have a Patreon page. From The Next Stop, I'm Helen Lee. And I'm Vincent Puhaka. Thanks for listening. Until next time.